it's never enough time. I could be with you 50,000 years and it still wouldn't be enough time. You know, it's just, uh, that's the way life is, you know. And that's why I tell people you love them all the time. Don't wait, let them know. We kiss every time we see each other. <laughs> Although y'all think my double kisses is, is ridiculous. I don't care because I want you to know. I want you to pause and know that you're loved all the time. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Hi, welcome to Home Aid number two. This is Bessie Kins. I'm talking. Hey, Ma. <laughs> Hi, Chad. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. I appreciate you doing this intro for me. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, because I'm going back. I want to play an old episode where I talked about a mother's worry. Like, I always felt like there was a worry being out in the streets in the 80s when I was young. But at the same time, you did allow me to have some freedom. You weren't overbearing, I should say. No, I was not. I was not overbearing because I wanted you to be that strong, independent man. You know, I wanted you to grow into a strong, independent man, not a little wimp. You can't, but you're just exactly what you what you like it is, huh? Yeah. I ain't want you to be a wimp. <laughs> so get your, no, get your ass out there and do something. Get, hurt yourself. It's true. <laughs> it is really true. Yeah. Sure. It's a worry when mothers have young sons and they're in cities like Chicago or Detroit oh, or, yes. or you know, certain areas because they can't watch every second and then. You have to allow people to have some freedom. Mothers want to protect their children and keep them safe. And they 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 really just want them to have the, a better life than, than you had. The best life it's, possible, right? Yeah, that's you you want everything. Your your life is one thing, but you want your children to be even better and better. You know, you want more mm -hmm. for them, you know. You really do. And you want the best for them. Yes, you do. Okay, Ma, we go run this story. And remember that all the classic Homemade Stories episodes are available for subscription on Apple Podcasts. I hope you enjoy this one. I'm a regular dude. On purpose. On purpose. I worked hard to just be a regular dude. I don't know what you know about growing up to become a black man. I know it gets uncomfortable when you say stuff like that. This isn't a story about discrimination or the police so everybody can breathe. It's a story about my mom. Being a black boy and becoming a black young man in Detroit, I had the challenge of navigating a black mother's worry. And I grew up in a household full of women. Grandma, my mother, my older sister. And I had an auntie upstairs. And I was the only boy. So the rules of the house were this. Do not go off our block. When the street lights come on, you better be home. 
Stop riding your bike on the street. You see how fast these cars going up and down this street. Stop running and jumping on and off everything. You go break your arm or something. If I followed every rule my mama made though, I'll even have to just stay in the house where I have to duct tape a mattress around myself to go down the block to play with my friends. So for many things that happened in my life, I just couldn't tell my mom. Like, I couldn't tell my mom when I was on my way to shovel snow for money that the undercover police stopped me with guns drawn and emptied the pockets of my triple fat goose winter coat. Then I didn't tell you the time when them undercover police officers had stopped me on the way to Grandma Kaysen's house mm. and pulled a gun on me and everything and said, uh, because they thought I had a coat on, like a winter coat, uh -huh. and they thought I had a gun. So they patted me down. But I, oh, you remember, I used to keep all this stuff in my pockets. Yeah. I had like deodorant and bag yeah, of chips and everything in the world in my pocket. So they were like pulling all this stuff out of my pockets, throwing it in the snow. And it was like, don't be carrying all that stuff in your pockets. We thought you had a gun. Well, I couldn't tell my mom when we snuck into elementary school, we squoze through this little window and we took some bow and arrows and we shot them at the crackheads by the Better World Motel. You at home? It was me. I think BJ was there. I saw Did him. anybody I, catch you out? But the police was at the school the next day, and nobody said it either. <laughs> we, we, nobody told. I couldn't tell my mom. We put a bunch of old mattresses in a pile in the alley, and we climbed on my friend's garage, and we did flips off the garage on the mattress. It was so much fun. I couldn't tell my mom that. My mom would have yelled, you going to break your arm or something. And I was a fairly good kid. I did all those things, but I was a, I was a good kid. I mean, one day I was home reading my Bible. Yeah, I read the Bible, that big boring book when I was young. And my grandma was always reading it. And I wanted to see what it was all about. I hated to follow something and not even know what I was following, to be honest. So I read the Bible. And I'm reading this story where Jesus had just left his mother at 12. He just left her without warning. And when his mom noticed that he was gone, she started looking for him and she's looking all over for him. And it took her three days to find him. And when she did find him in the temple debating, Jesus was kind of annoyed with her. He's like, I'm doing my father's business right now, ma. And she's like, you're 12. You ain't got no business. And he had to leave. <laughs> and you didn't hear from Jesus again until he was 30. But I saw that. And I said to myself, I'm 12 years old. I have to do my own thing. I can't be bothered by what my mom thinks. So I did everything on my lonely. Because I didn't want to become a sheltered mama's boy. I saw kids that became that kid. There was a kid, I won't say his name, I save him a little dignity, but uh, we would be playing basketball. You'd hear a loud whistle down the street. And Dwight would, I wasn't supposed to say his name. <laughs> hey, hey, Robert, you can bleep that part, man. Uh, 
would say, give me my ball. Give me my basketball. And he would take his basketball and run home. His mom blew a whistle. I don't even know if she cared how much we tortured him because his mom blew a whistle for him to come home. I did not want to become whistle boy. So I just did everything alone and never really told my mom about it. Anytime the school had a field trip or something where they gave me a permission slip that I have to get signed, I just sign it myself, fake her signature, go on the field trip. I won an award at my school for writing and there was a ceremony and everything. I just went by myself. When I think about it, the school administration probably thought I came from an unfit home or something. (laughs) But a big part of the reason was I was with my mom all the time. Like I said, I grew up in a house with all women, grandma, mom, sister, and auntie. And me and my mom lived in a room in the back of the house. So if I didn't create some distance between us and do things on my own, I was doomed to become Whistleboy. I started going to church by myself. It was a church a few streets over. Uh, We weren't a church family and I always wanted to have the black church experience. So I started going by myself. I went to the front of the church at the altar call and everything. And when they asked, when the pastor asked who wants to be baptized, I raised my hand. The church set a date for my baptism the first Sunday of the following month. I don't know how my mom found out. Maybe I let it slip at dinner. Maybe they gave me some baptism preparation paperwork or something and she saw it. We lived in the same room. I don't know how she found out, but she did. And she asked me, Shannon, you getting baptized? Why didn't you tell anyone? And I wanted to say, wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? But I didn't say that. (laughs) I just said, it's not a big deal, ma. And she said, it is a big deal. You should have told me. And she walked away angry. Later that week, my mom did something she had never done before. She wrote me a note. Left it in the room and I opened it. And I kept the note. I got it right here. It said, uh, Son, I don't understand why you didn't tell me about your baptism. As much as you claim it's not a big deal, it is a big deal to express your commitment in your faith to God. And why you wouldn't share that with me is a mystery. I understand you need to do things on your own. You need to grow to become the man God wants you to become. But that doesn't mean closing everyone out of your life. I'm your mother always, and you will always be my son. And I only want what's best for you. I love you. Sincerely, Mom. I went to my mom, and I told her I'm sorry. It is a big deal, and I'd be honored if you came to my baptism, huh? 
I had to realize that my life just wasn't my life. Yeah, it could be if I wanted to be selfish, but my mom sacrificed a lot for me. She deserved to be involved in my life if she wanted to. She only wanted what was best for me. We both cried. Now, at the baptism, the weirdest thing happened. Remember I said I didn't invite my mom to too much stuff because I didn't want all the hovering and getting over-involved? But now she's at the baptism. She's all in the back room. She's asking a thousand and one questions. She everywhere that I am, and all she needed was a whistle. Now we're walking up the stairs to go to the area where they do the baptism, and it's wet. Baptisms involve water, and my mom is at the church in full black mama church gear, you know, with the sequent dress and the hat and the heels, and slips on the stairs, breaks her arm at my baptism. At first, she didn't know it was broken, so I still got baptized, and she watched in pain until it was over. And after the baptism, it was just so much pain that she knew it was broken. We rushed to the hospital. She's crying from all the pain, and broken arms really hurt, you know. And I tell her, I'm saying, this is why I don't tell you anything. This is why I limit what I invite you to, Ma. You might break your arm or something. But the only reason that happened is because my heel caught on that carpet because they were kind of rushing because they wanted the parents to come so they can see it closer. But my heel caught on that carpet. And, and well, how did, when did you go to the hospital, though? I don't well, I, I stayed. I, I sit there. I, he, they said, well, you want to go to the hospital? I said, no, I'll be okay. And as soon as she was baptized, I'm sitting there, and I thought, oh, Lord, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This episode was produced at home by me, Shannon Kaysen. The original production in the main story is produced by Robert Anderson. Make sure you subscribe and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'm talking to you. Just leave a rating and review. Do it now. Subscribe to Shannon Kaysen on YouTube. I'm doing a lot more on YouTube. And follow at Shannon Kaysen on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And there's a lot more stories on social media now. And consider supporting the stories at shannoncason.com backslash shannoncason or on Cash App, dollar sign Shannon Kaysen. Whatever way works for you, works for me. I appreciate you. And for more and more information on workshops and speaking engagements, go to shannoncason.com. Come back for more and more stories. You hear it's homemade. You hear the sound. You hear the sirens. It's homemade. You know, I appreciate you. I'll see you soon. Oh, thank you for listening. I hope you really enjoyed the show. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Mm, mm, mm. Now that's homemade.